0: Momentum gains in the U.S. Congress for a special probe to determine if Russia instigated cyber attacks to influence the American presidential election and how the dark web is used by cyber criminals to buy credentials from so called trusted employees. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start off today's security report with a bipartisan group of lawmakers calling on the U.S. Senate to create a select committee to investigate breaches in which the Kremlin is accused of influencing the American presidential election. Momentum for a special congressional committee to investigate the hacks, picked up late last week when President Barack Obama, at a press conference, where he all but accused Russian President Vladimir Putin of instigating the cyber attack on Democratic Party computers as a way to sway the vote. Not much happens in Russia without Vladimir Putin. This is a pretty uh, hierarchical operation. Last I checked, there's not a lot of uh, debate and uh, democratic deliberation, uh, particularly when it comes to policies directed at the United States. We have said... And I will confirm that uh, this happened at the highest levels of the Russian government. And I will let you make that determination as to whether there are high-level Russian officials who go off rogue and decide to tamper with uh, uh, the U.S. election process without Vladimir Putin knowing about it. Leading the call over the weekend among senators for a select committee were Arizona Republican John McCain and the incoming Democratic leader Chuck Schumer of New York. Here's McCain speaking this weekend on CNN. We need a select committee. We need to get to the bottom of this. We need to find out exactly what was done. There's no doubt they were interfering. In his press conference, Obama pledged to retaliate against the Russians for trying to influence the election through the breaches. But Obama didn't say when or how and added that the U.S. response might not be made public. Any response won't be easy. Robert Gates is a former defense secretary and CIA director who served both Presidents Bush's and Obama. He spoke on NBC's Meet the Press. The
1: question of retaliation is a difficult one because do you retaliate economically? Do you retaliate in kind with cyber? Do you retaliate in some way militarily? This is going to be a tough problem for the new president to deal with in terms of how do you put the Russians on notice that this kind of behavior is unacceptable. Cyber may not be the best way to go because once you get into that kind of an escalation, we're in truth more vulnerable than they are.
0: Politically, a response to the attacks is complicated. President-elect Donald Trump says he doesn't buy into the U.S. intelligence community's assessment that Russia was behind the hacks. And on several occasions, he said that the accusations against the Russians were politically motivated by his opponents. Stay tuned. The dark web, like the cloud, isn't a real place but technology. In reality, the dark web is a collection of thousands of websites that use anonymity tools to hide their IP addresses. And it's a place where criminals exchange credentials with what many organizations consider trusted employees. ISMG fraud expert Tracy Kitten explains.
2: Researchers at Carnegie Mellon's CERT Insider Threat Center have documented instances of unintentional insider threats that have led to ransomware attacks. In these situations, criminals launch phishing attacks against a user, gaining access to the user's credentials. Employing those credentials, criminals hack the system and insert ransomware malware. Michael Tice is a chief counterintelligence expert at the CERT Insider Threat Center. And he says one way to stop this type of ransomware attack is for organizations to provide employees with better cybersecurity awareness training. Also, organizations should set up their IT systems correctly so that folks can't do stuff, as Tice says, without the super user type permissions.
3: It won't stop all ransomware when they're clicking on things, but it will in fact help in some ways.
2: But not all criminals are getting employees' credentials by hacking the system or by installing malware. The dark web is a place where criminals and willing insiders meet to exchange credentials. Tice explains that criminals have been able to reach out to insiders.
3: Purposefully to either buy their credentials or login credentials or to get them to sell intellectual property to the dark web. On the other side, we've seen insiders looking for extra money going to the dark web looking to sell their credentials, their login credentials.
2: Ransomware usually involves the criminal locking up a system through encryption and then demanding money to decrypt the information. But Tice says researchers have discovered a new type of ransomware attack that's not designed to extort money, but to steal intellectual property.
3: Basically, what they do is they infect the machine and then coerce whoever they infected to give up some of the company's intellectual property in order to decrypt the machine.
2: Among the sectors hit hardest by ransomware attacks is the healthcare sector. That's because the healthcare sector has a large amount of data, and it has a number of data sources that are connected to systems, which makes it easier to access databases.
3: You're either filing claims, you're a patient, you're a doctor, you're a provider of either, you know, medical services, pharmaceuticals, equipment. So there's just all kinds of data sources and attachments coming in as trusted business partners to those organizations.
2: Another reason the healthcare industry could be more susceptible to ransomware and breaches is because its security professionals work with many trusted, highly educated professionals, doctors, nurses, dietitians, for instance. And they tend to believe that these folks won't do anything wrong, either intentionally or unintentionally.
3: It's taken time to get to the point of realizing you still have to set your permissions correctly because ultimately an outsider, in most cases, is trying to become an insider. It may not be that doctor, but somebody trying to take over the doctor's account. So if you've set the permissions correctly, even once they become a doctor, they shouldn't be able to do that much damage.
2: Healthcare faces a few challenges not present in some other sectors. Highly educated physicians often resist change.
3: They're great people, but you're right, once they're used to doing things a certain way, like all human beings, it's very difficult to sort of change it and say, well, why can't I do that now? I used to be able to do that. I want it explained to me in a way that makes sense. And sometimes I don't think security always does the great job of explaining why. It's just, oh, it's dangerous. You can't do it. Instead of really sort of, you know, taking them down the path of understanding it.
2: But the recent wave of ransomware attacks could help convince doctors and other healthcare professionals that they must accept change for security's sake. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.
1: You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG
0: Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Cyber threat intelligence is evidence-based knowledge that organizations use to help identify emerging menaces, and it's becoming a growing part of the IT defense arsenal as digital attacks are on the rise. ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk reports.
4: Companies face cyberattacks nearly all the time, but who is attacking them and why? Solving that mystery often involves threat intelligence, which are technical and contextual clues. John Waters is the founder of iSight Partners, a threat intelligence company, which is now part of FireEye. He says that companies use threat intelligence to figure out what threats to focus on.
1: They've gained visibility to their environment through all the various technologies and analytical tools that they've purchased. That's created this flood of alerts, and what their objective is, is to try to find those alerts that present the biggest risk to their enterprise or their government agency.
4: Analyzing the threat intelligence helps companies sort out which problems to prioritize. At that point, administrators can figure out how to react and defend. John Waters.
1: Uh, we don't have one customer that has more people deal with alerts than they do alerts. So they're dealt with the economic reality of scarce resources, and they have to apply those scarce resources in a way that makes the most business sense for their firm. In order to do that, they first think, okay, that intel suggests to me that Alert 1 is a heck of a lot more risk to my organization than Alert 2. So I'm going to focus on that.
4: Do you need to know the actual identities of those attacking you? For most organizations, it doesn't matter. Attribution is often irrelevant. What companies want to know is what the hackers want, which allows them to focus defensive resources. But attribution does matter to governments. If
1: you think of the government's knowledge, they would say, "Okay, that person is conducting this illegal activity against our commercial or critical infrastructure. I need to go figure out who that guy is and see how we can apply, you know, law enforcement pressure to try to keep that from happening, and/or political pressure if it's connected to nation state."
4: Water says that there are only a small number of actors where eyesight figures out true identity, but it's largely irrelevant to their business.
1: We're not in the investigation business, we're not in the law enforcement business, so there's no real return on investment for us. For
4: Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk.
0: Finally, one of the Obama administration's public faces on cybersecurity matters is stepping down. Andy Osmond serves as the Department of Homeland Security's Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity and Communications, and according to published reports, he'll leave his post on January 7th. As a political appointment, he was likely to resign weeks later anyway with a change of administrations. Osman leads DHS's cybersecurity incident response team. He also is a big advocate of cybersecurity threat information sharing between the government and the private sector. Here's Osman speaking earlier this year about sharing threat data captured by the government's Einstein intrusion prevention system.
1: As we discover threats ourselves with Einstein, we will not be classifying that. We'll learn about something a bad guy is doing. We'll see a computer acting oddly. We'll find out it's been taken over by a bad guy. We'll figure out what the tools look like, and then we'll share that out with the private sector.
0: That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.